Happy Mando Eve! I can't believe I'm saying that, but Mandalorian debuts tomorrow on Disney Plus. And trust me, I know if you're one of our UK listeners, we sympathize, but don't worry. Not talking any spoilers here, but we are opening the base because it's time for the Resistance broadcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm John. How are you? Joining me as always, James and Lacey. Guys, are you excited that it's Mando Eve? Is it like more exciting than like Christmas Eve? <laughs> I see how you connected the words Eve there. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I excited that it's Mando Eve? Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. Um, I wonder how Thursday's show is going to go, though, because we will have seen it. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't talk about it, I think. Right? Probably not talk about it. Then. Yeah. 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 Lacey, what, anyway. Lacey, what's the, what's the deal? Mando Eve? Are you excited for uh, the Mando fan show? First episode of ours coming up. I'm more excited <laughs> that you're wearing your Rebels hat. John, it's You're like excited a, about my rebels. It's like there's a celebrity guest on our podcast mm-hmm. right now. Also, really? you didn't get the memo of wearing the round logo T-shirt. I do what I want. <laughs> he Star did get the Wars. memo of having the the words on the shirt, though. I got the words on the shirt. Have the words James on the shirt. never wears our merch. Like it's either the his custom solo a Star Wars story sweatshirt that everyone always asks where they can get it, and then we have to explain mm-hmm. that they can't get it. Or yeah, he's such wear- a big hassle. Or he wears something from like uh, like Old Navy. I was going to say Old Navy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Great. Thanks, guys. But for you audio listeners who don't care about what we're wearing, hi, everybody. Um, all right, so guys, I just want to talk briefly about Mando. Um, I'm excited about it. One thing that has been a hot topic uh, is whether or not we're going to see Pedro Pascal's face in this show at all in season one. So we threw up a, a quick poll and uh, did you guys check the results on this? Do you know how they voted? No, no, but I how would say would you, yes. You would say yes. What, how much do you think? If I told oh, you percentage wise, yeah, yeah. How many uh, what percentage of people do you 70 think? 70% yes. yes. Lacey. I don't know. N- no. You think they said no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so James, you're pretty much correct there, pal, except if it was the price is right. 69% of the people said yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You can spin the wheel later, though. It's okay, yeah. 31% said no. Um, I think he will take uh, the mask off in season one. Um, what do you guys, you guys think so? No. No. I'm going to say 70% yes. <laughs> just kidding. The <laughs> <laughs> same thing we just did. Uh, no, I, I I think we talked about this uh, last week or something. But yeah, it just kind of makes sense with the connection to the character. But I just have this thing in the back of my head that like the thing that made Boba Fett cool was the fact that he didn't have his helmet off, you know, and I feel yeah. like if anybody's going to pull that, it's going to be John because that he's trying to bring back what he liked about star Wars when he watched the empire strikes back. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe imagine like episode one tomorrow. He just like first scene. He's like, Oh man, what a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like <laughs> uh, immediately kissing. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking of that. Like, how oh you're like, there's God. no way that they're kissing. And then they make out in the first like legit 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah. Han and Kira were straight out of Titanic. Like just like full on teenage romance. Yeah. Um, they got it like starts with somebody addressing him as Pedro. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's just like, man, I had <laughs> a <what>? day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about the Mando fan show. Uh, we are starting that um, immediately after the show tomorrow. We're going to record it. I don't know if we're going to get it out tomorrow night or Wednesday morning, but we'll get it out as soon as we can. Uh, we're going to have some cool formats. We're going to rate each episode using... Pedro faces, uh, zero to 10. How many Pedro faces, including halves that we rate each episode. So say it was 8.5. I rate this one 8.5 Pedro Pascal faces. So whether or not he takes his helmet off, we'll show it to you on the Mando fan show. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the episode and of course get into um, fun stuff like Easter eggs, references that we spotted. 
and then look ahead to what we speculate on what we think the next episode is going to be and happen. And then we're going to be having guests and we'll get into that all later. Um, but one thing I did want to do quickly, guys, uh, with you, um, we relaunched our Patreon this past Thursday. And uh, the response we got from that, um, just so many new people joining us over there. So I just wanted to say thank you. Um, for me personally, to everybody who has signed up for the Patreon, including our existing patrons who've been with us for the full year or even just recently, um, we hope you're enjoying all the new content, including the Discord server, new videos, and all the stuff we have coming down the line. And of course, early access to all of our videos um, like this episode and, and stuff like that. So thank you guys so much. Anything you guys want to add to that? Um, yeah, it's overwhelming, the support that we got on Thursday and we continue to get from everybody. Um, I couldn't imagine what we experienced now a year ago. We kind of launched it being like, oh, maybe we'll have a couple people sign up. We'll chat with them. We'll have a good time. But like the, the way it is now is like unreal. So that being said, just a little behind the scenes, we spent weeks, months planning for all this stuff and doing images and videos and copy and everything. So it's really nice to see that people are reacting to it so well, because a lot of work and man hours went into this. So yeah. And woman hours, sorry, man and woman hours. <laughs> for, for me personally, like when it comes to people like, you know, paying like a subscription to something, you know, I, I always mm -hmm. like think of like the $10 subscription or something. And I'm always like, man, that's another thing they're adding onto their monthly bill. And it's so crazy to think that, that people are supporting what we're doing. Um, what else is crazy about that is not even so much uh, it is, but not even so much the new people that came in today, they were coming from recommendations of current patrons. Like there were people mm -hmm. today or, or not today, but like the, you know, when we were launching Thursday, um, yeah. Yeah, that that they were like, hey, I've been a, uh, a patron of this podcast for a long time and it's totally worth it. And I'm like, that means so much. Like yeah. we often think, you know, like, is this is is it payoff for the people who are helping us grow? Like, what do they get out of it? And it's nice to know that it feels like that, you know, that they're getting their money's worth and stuff. So it's like, that's so cool. Like, and, uh, and we just also recorded like, two hours worth of content and that's like a week practically of yeah. extra stuff, you know? Um, so nuts. And it's funny, like you said, James, people did that and they were like, here's why you should be a patron. And they would bring up things that I forgot we do. They'd be like, and they, they do these <laughs> Q and A videos. I'm like, Oh yeah, we do do those. I didn't even mention that in our tweet selling the thing. So, um, thank you all for that. And, um, shout out to these guys. Lacey runs the page for us and facilitates it. And without what Lacey does, uh, it would be just your random standard. Here's a Patreon page. Um, so thanks to Lacey and James, all the visuals you see, including us sliding into frame and all the new banners and, and uh, the colors and the tears and all that stuff was all done by James. So uh, thanks to you two. I mean, this is a premier Patreon page because of your efforts without a doubt. So. Small John clap. writes all the yeah. copy. <laughs> yeah, it feels it, weird to not mention how you do all this stuff, but yeah, you write everything and like come up with so many good ideas and uh, show all like, the polls, things that yeah. we can do for the Patreon and stuff. So you, in a lot of ways, you're kind of like the creator, the original brainchild of what we then work on to finish the process. So we're the executors. Yeah. You're the yeah. <laughs> Oh, idea guy. I'm idea just like, can guy. We, can we, hey guys, can we do this? And James like, well, it'll take 12 hours. I'm like, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> John is always doing that. He's like, so are we doing the, the new show format? And I'm like, we haven't even thought it through. What are you talking about? So about I'm going to announce this right now. He's like, I'm going to just announce this new show idea. And we're all like, no. Yeah. No. yeah. How about that Ognolty t-shirt? Like, all yeah. right, maybe. All right, guys. It's Ognolt. Maybe. Yeah. Well, t team effort anyway. And thanks to everyone for acknowledging and appreciating it. And we hope you have fun and enjoy it. And um, we're just getting started. It's going to be a heck of a year uh, and leading all the way up to awesome events like celebration and stuff like that, which we'll get into more um, details on what we're doing for that. But now it's time to get into the meat of the show. And that is kicked off by the resistance report. There's a lot of Star Wars news. We even had to leave some stuff out. So we tried to get into mm -hmm. some stuff we think you guys would like, including Stuff that we think we all should know heading into The Mandalorian. So, James, take it away with this week's Resistance Report. 
It's the resistance. Well, long story short, yeah, we're talking Mandalorian. It comes out tomorrow. Um, so there's probably, you know, information out there that we're not even talking about right now. But um, we kind of have three little mini stories that all have to do with the Mandalorian. And then we can get into some of the other news that happened. But the first one is um, that we got new footage and details of uh, the new character, Fennec Shand. Uh, it's an assassin played by Ming-Na Wen, uh, who is famous for Mulan and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show, uh, Marvel property. Um, this was uh, all courtesy of Vanity Fair. We're going to break it down a little bit, but the 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 main majority of the article is that this character is a loner. She's only out for herself. And, uh, the other thing is like to describe the character itself. The name came later. She, the, the name was kind of inspired by the idea of a Fennec Fox. So Lacey, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, are you, are you interested in this character, uh, at all? Yeah. I mean, all the things you said are what make the character interesting, that she's a loner and she is tough. It, I'm interested to see how it differs from, you know, her Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character, May, because Agent May is kind of like It'll this be good. loner, like tough girl, <laughs> like snarky. Like, so I'm, I'm thinking in my head when they announced this character and described what she'd be like, I'd be like, so Agent May with a braid? I don't... So I'm interested to see what it is. Um, Ming-Na Wan's great. I think she's great at like fight scenes and stuff. Um, so I think it's going to be really cool. And every time they announce like a female character in the show, it's someone that's kicking butt, which I love. It's no none of these like aristocratic, I'm wearing fancy costumes. It's like girls that are like down in the dirt, like fighting, fighting the other guys and like sticking up for themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. John, do you consider this character to be a loner, like someone who's out for themselves? Um, <laughs> like like Pee Wee Herman in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a loner, daddy. I'm a loner, daddy. <laughs> a rebel. <laughs> a rebel. That's right. <laughs> um, that works. That yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think it's interesting how they made a comparison to Han Solo. Um, obviously a post solo, a star Wars story solo, like a jaded, like I've been burned so many times I'm out for myself and the money and that the Han Solo we met in a new hope. The only difference being she's an assassin who works for crime syndicate. So, um, I liked, uh, the aspect of the, the quote where she's saying your name will be legendary. We're assuming she's saying that to the Mandalorian, right? And then, Mm-mm. Oh, she's not saying that to him. Okay. I don't, I am not assuming that. I'm assuming. I, I'm not either, I'll, but I'll saying, get into that in a second. I guess, I, guess I, I phrased that wrong. They're making us think she's saying that to him. There you go. The trailer. There okay. You go. And then um, what I was surprised that they did was they revealed just straight out, like, he's going to meet her halfway through the season. So, like, we can put her away and be like, okay, she's coming at some point down the line. But that also kind of made me realize we're about to watch a Star Wars TV show. Like, <laughs> like episode five, like it's, we're going to see this new character and this is going to be this mini storyline in this overall arc. And I'm realizing we're getting a different type of Star Wars storytelling that we sort of saw with like the Clone Wars and that sort of thing, but it's live action and it's just way more involved to make that sort of thing happen. So I don't know. All of this makes me excited. And then other what other people made connections about. I think maybe Mark, one of our patrons, had made the first connection. I'm not sure. I know it's like Calder Culture. And I, I, I'm sorry if I didn't give credit to somebody who said this first. But the whole last name thing, Shand being the same last name as one of the members of Kanja Club, that could be a connection. Again, another crime syndicate group. That's interesting to me. Um, so a lot of these moving parts around this character uh, intrigue me. Um, I don't know much about her because, you know, I wasn't you know into Mulan and I'm not an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. So I don't know what else she may have been in that I could have caught. But um, I know John Favreau knows to bring in the right level of talent. So I'm excited to, to get to know her. And just overall, again, this ex- excites me about this type of storytelling for uh, Star Wars and maybe I'll get to see uh, an assassin snipe some people and that's that's cool Star Wars stuff to me too so I'm all in um, about that uh, do I think that she's talking to the Mandalorian thing 
I think that's, I said this on a Patreon video, but like, I think that's her introduction and she's being shown like, uh, with like some alien or something. And she's like, yeah, if we go rob this bank, you're going to be famous. You know what I mean? Like your name's going to be known all over the whole galaxy. Mm -hmm. Then they show him like actually doing it. And she like, you know, cuts a rope or something and like something falls on him and she's like, yeah, took care of that kind of Joker esque, I guess yeah. Dark Knight kind yeah. of Joker. Right. Uh, convinced all these guys that, uh, that there would be something in it for them. And, uh, then in the last minute, just kind of like cut all the loose ends. And she seems like a character that could come into the series like that. And then maybe, I don't know, Mandalorian shows up and like stops her. And then we're like, Oh, they're equal or something, you know? Yeah. But, um, did you guys see that trailer with the snake though? I've lost, uh, there's like 12 really? TV spots now, so I'm losing. Oh, you mean the big monster he shoots the fire at? No, there's no, no, like no. a big there's water like, snake monster that attacks the ship. Yeah, Lady think Proxima? like uh, like Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> like snake no. monster, giant snake, and it like is like, uh, yeah, the ship I, I gotta something. catch up on my TV spots. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't matter so at this crazy. point. I'm watching, I'm watching the show tomorrow, but yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the music? So we got uh, an interview uh, coming from the LA Times. They interviewed uh, Ludwig Jorensen about the score and how he's blending innovation with the traditional to try to do his own thing in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, specifically, he said, and I'm quoting here, I wanted to get back to that nostalgic childhood memory I had watching Star Wars and the excitement of seeing these uh, the, these kind of really amazing visuals and with music that sounds like it's coming from other planets. So John, what do you think about uh, the score here being done by Ludwig Jorensen? Um, I, it's, it, I was a little cautious about it because I'm so used to Star Wars having the, the roots really tied closely to classic classical music with John Williams and traditional classical music. Um, but then I read this interview and I wrote this report up and it made me more excited about the series than anything I had seen to this point because you realize how important Star Wars music is to its success. Um, George mm -hmm. Lucas always called it the lifeblood of Star Wars and he didn't think Star Wars was going to be good until he saw it with the music. And John Favreau talking about it saying like he met him through Ryan Coogler and his uh, taking a risk by saying like let's not you know rely on the same old, let's make it sound like a John Williams, but also keep one foot in that sandbox so that you get those types of beats, but it sounds different so that the Mandalorian develops its own identity. And I think that's very important so that when you hear music and it's you're say you're in a Star Wars setting, if you're at a Star Wars bar or in a Star Wars convention and you hear a track from the Mandalorian, you're like, that's, that's the Mandalorian music. Like, I like that aspect of it, that it's not going to be like, oh, what is that? Like, cause you don't want mm -hmm. the, the, you don't want the Mandalorian just to be some stock Star Wars sounding music like that. That's and I think John Favreau understood that. So I'm really excited the fact that this guy he's accomplished. He's already won an Oscar and a Grammy, and now he's coming to Star Wars and and taking some chances and making it its own um, while respecting the old school. I think it's a perfect marriage. Lacey, what do you think? Um, John said a lot of it. Uh. I think that he's a great choice. I think he killed it with Black Panther. I think he's one of the reasons Black Panther was so successful because the music was just so good. Um, I like the idea that he said that um, John Williams was like basically the best thing that anybody that's doing cinematic scores could want to emulate because he is like mm -hmm. the guy, which is so true. Um, he's done like every famous movie theme outside of Star Wars. Um, I really loved how he talked about how he was trying to do that, but adding in like a tech sound and like a gritty sound to it. Um, because we talked about this a little bit in like our Patreon exclusive videos about how sometimes Star Wars gets people confuse it with sci-fi. But I think that this is a good example of like a little sci-fi doesn't hurt because it's more of a Western. So then it ties back in more of that space adventure. Um, which can mm -hmm. get lost in these kind of backworld, uh, rough and tumble type of shows or movies where you forget that they're in space. 
or they're on another planet because everything you see looks like Earth, kind of. Um, so that's really exciting. And the idea that John Favreau found him through Ryan Coogler is really cool because it's just interesting to hear how people know certain people and how they suggest certain people to work on different projects. And I mean, he just, again, he killed it at Black Panther. So I'm sure he'll do an amazing job with this too. Yeah. I, there's not like a whole lot to add to this, especially since the only thing we've really seen is the trailer stuff, you know, um, which I don't know if he's necessarily putting his best, best foot forward on that or not. You know, um, I have thought that it, a lot of the stuff coming out of it, there is like a, a key Mandalorian theme, but for the most part, it seems very, uh, sound effect, like Foley and right. you know, it's kind yeah. of stuff. And I'm like, you know, there's a possibility that they're, they're kind of doing like the Marvel route, uh, which, you know, if you expand on the music of, of Marvel, they tend to not put the themes as big of a focus. They kind of fill in the background music with like, um, exactly that, like background music. They don't treat it like it's is important. Mm -hmm. Um, and oftentimes that means that the music in Marvel movies gets forgotten. Uh, like you can't really name like Ant-Man's theme or something like that. Right. Um, so I'm kind of curious if they, if they're trying to, to kick that up just a little bit, um, with this one, but I, but I think we scrutinize star Wars so much. We're all going to be like, yeah, like I, I think most people probably couldn't sing you Rose's theme, but like (laughs) we know it, you know? So, um, there's that. Um, last thing that we have to talk about with the, uh, Mandalorian is this interview with MTV news, um, about how the Mandalorian is kind of going to bring back a format to that George Lucas had always hoped for, which was like this episodic serialized storytelling. Um, I actually did not know this. So reading this whole thing was like interesting to me. Um, but the main point for me was that Dave Filoni quote where he said, even when I worked with him on clone wars, he would talk about the future being streaming, uh, the future of it would be episodic serialized star Wars. And I was like, man, that is crazy. That's one of those, like Steve jobs was talking about blank back on, you know, in this day Mm. or something. And it's like, man, that's so crazy to me. Um, Lacey, I want you to talk about this, uh, as far as, uh, I don't know all this stuff about the, the Mandalorian being like kind of the idea that George Lucas wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. It's kind of like flash Gordon type stuff, right? That's what George Lucas wanted to do to begin with. But um, yeah, I, th- I thought this article was cool. There's a lot of interesting information about the way that Favreau works and then Filoni works. And um, but the interesting thing to me was when Favreau talked about Easter eggs, about how excited he was to throw in like little things here and there. Um, I often miss them, honestly. <laughs> I, I love them. I, I get some of them, but I would would not put me up as like the champion of Easter eggs. Um, but the idea that someone is like so into that kind of thing and into throwing references into their shows is really exciting because it means that every time you rewatch it, you're going to find something new. And um, he's just, Favreau's such a big fan. And, and anytime he brings up like the holiday special, he just loves it and you could tell. So... I just know that there's no way that this show is going to be bad. Um, and I know that's a big thing to say. Uh, because I know, but because he cares so much, I, I really think that plays into it. Mm-hmm. And it, and you could tell every time he talks about it, every time he you know does an interview, and just seeing the photos and videos of him on set. And I always go back to this because it's just such an obvious thing. It, at celebration when he talked about how they did hand models again for all the ships like they didn't have to do that they right. chose to do that because they liked it they wanted to do it and the way that he made it sound where he was at lucasfilm and a guy that used to do ships was like hey man i heard you're doing ships again and they're like yeah maybe you want to you want to help us and he's like yeah and they would just in their free time like in a garage somewhere make model ships so like to me yeah. that's the fun stuff that i like I to picture- hear I picture like the like, from the other room, like the guy like leaning in. Yeah, I heard you're making I mean? chips like, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing over there? Yeah, you guys making chips? Yeah, and then it like, like he the story he told at celebration was like day by day, like one more person would show up and be like, "Hey man, I heard you're making chips." And then you have a crew of fifteen <laughs> people that are like, "Hey man, I heard you need lights," and he like showed up with a light. 
Um, that's the stuff that I love to hear about. And I think that's what, you know, George Lucas built the original Star Wars around is the collaboration of all these people that were working towards a goal that were being creative that just wanted to have fun and do cool things. And I think that's what the culture that Favreau has kind of made. And that's why I think this show is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I saw something recently that was like, if you rewatch the prequels in black and white, they play out like old serialized, like, um, what do they call those? Not Flash Gordon, but like, you know what I mean? Like war time films or whatever. Like radio drama type stuff? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's interesting because it takes you back to a time when it's like, spaceships and aliens and Buck Rogers you know, yeah, yeah exactly Buck Rogers movie is kind of like exactly what I'm thinking but yeah they said like it would uh, would be like that and I was like yeah I mean that's that was kind of what inspired it in the first place um, but I, I think that, again like the biggest takeaway for me is like I don't I still can't wrap my head around and I and I still don't think people like totally get it like there's going to be so much live action Star Wars content because of this show. Like that I just like the first two episodes is the same amount of content as The Rise of Skywalker. We're all super excited for The Rise of Skywalker because it's 2 hours of live action Star Wars content and it's like mm-hmm. The Mandalorian's like hold my beer, which I'm glad I said it on the show cuz John has that blocked on Twitter. Oh yeah, I do. That's a, that's true. That's <laughs> muted. Yeah. The long list but of no, muted yeah, phrases. That, that is the biggest thing to me. And I, and I think, uh, having George work on the clone wars for so long and seeing that show kind of turn into something that was like, people are like, what? I don't know about this. And then coming to love it, like over time and being like, man, there's so much good stuff in there. It starts to make you think like, the lore of star Wars is about to get like super deep. Cause there's going to be so much stuff that people can pull from, um, after, after the show. Yeah. John thought last thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think my biggest takeaway is, um, the collaborative element. I mean, you guys talked about the, the Lucas ties and stuff like that. And, you know, it's hard for me to think that, anyone who is a George Lucas apologist who doesn't like current star Wars, if they have a problem with this, it's like, you probably wouldn't, then you're just saying it because then this is what George Lucas would probably be doing. It's his boy, Dave Filoni. Like it's as close to George Lucas as you're going to get that aside. Um, the element of Favreau being a live action pro first star Wars production, mm-hmm. flip that Dave Filoni, star Wars pro, uh, First live action. You put those together, perfect mesh for creators for a Star Wars live action production. Um, obviously, Favreau's the the big dog here, but um, I like seeing Dave learning the ropes for the live action stuff and bringing his lore element in. But don't sell Favreau short because he's making it clear he wants all the nerds out there to know how big of a Star Wars fan he is. And mm-hmm. that that's what takes me to my big takeaway, the, the line never lose touch with people who've put in time and who cared about these types of things. And he said they could have went for general audience for Iron Man, but they really wanted to hammer home the true beats uh, and it worked. Um, So is that a pun? Yeah, I guess (laughs) I didn't even realize it to be honest with you, but (laughs) oh yeah, yeah. Right. Hammer home. Yeah. Um, but appeasing diehards worked with Iron Man. So diehards of Mandalorian culture and Star Wars in general are probably going to be fed well with this. And Favreau is confident he knows how to make it work to also bring in the general audience. So instead of working outward in, he's working in out. And uh, that level of confidence that he has in doing that makes me confident, more confident in the show. Not that I needed it. So all, all things are pointing in the right direction for utter disappointment tomorrow when we watch episode yeah. one of... No, I'm just <laughs> Shattered. Everything yeah, yeah, gone. Right, right. No, I'm so excited to do that and then obviously talk about it on the Mando Fan Show. But yeah. um, one last thing I want to clarify. I guess we, we're just going to talk this out here now. We have to, like, I guess, figure out how spoilery we want to get on the podcast itself because obviously there's a part of our audience who won't be able to watch this yet. So... Um, for those of you listening out there, we'll, you know, we'll try to figure that out. But obviously, the Mando fan show is going to be a big part of where we do a lot of spoilery talk for the show, I bet. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah. I think I have a good idea of how we could do it because I do the book discussions as well. And right. we try to toe the line of like review first, score first, right? then get into like what happened and the spoilery stuff. And we can second, put up the alarms so. if we want to. Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, gosh, we're all excited for the Mandalorian. It's coming out tomorrow night uh, or tomorrow. We don't even know really specifics like that. True. But uh, yeah, I think uh, that's all the talk that we got for Mandalorian stuff. There are a couple other things that we wanted to do, but we're not going to go to the scoundrels rundown. We're going to actually talk about it on Resistance Report. Uh, Anthony Daniels uh, was as doing interviews for his book, IMC3PO. And in the rounds, he has made a couple comments that are kind of pointing to a little bit of like, uh, the rise of Skywalker, like plot points to a degree. Um, Lacey, I'm going to start with you on this one, but, uh, uh, did you see any of this stuff about like, uh, you know, his last lines on set, um, how he hoped that C-3PO would die and JJ said no, but remember JJ changes his mind all the time. So it's like, (laughs) what is he trying to tell us? You know, I don't think they're going to kill C-3PO. We've talked about this. He's an evergreen character. You could probably get someone else in the suit and replicate the voice or have Anthony Daniels record a bunch of stuff and just have it in a library. Um, The interesting thing to me was when he said that he recorded the scene, which would be the last line he said as C-3PO, but it wasn't the last scene he shot. Like, they shot it out of order, which I feel Mm -hmm. like we've talked about on the show before that J.J. usually shoots in order. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that he's been shooting out of order. And I think that's a, a tricky thing that he's doing because he said like, oh, could I, also be reshoots or pickup shots. It could be. I don't know. He said that he said he knew when he was saying his last line, but it wasn't the last thing he shot. Um, yeah. But what more stuck, what stuck out to me more was him talking about going to dinner with everybody and they're like ready to find out about the story. And then Chris Terrio wasn't there because he was six. And then they were like, oh, well, we're just having dinner. And he was like, oh, well. But like, am I in this movie or <laughs> like, like he said he left the dinner like unsure <laughs> of how he felt. But yeah, he's, that's he's so ver- awkward. He's got to be awkward. He yeah. is. Uh, he is a very he. He never shies from being like I. He's very outspoken. He always has been that way, and he rubbed right. Kenny Baker the wrong way because of it. So he, he's one person who never minced words. He's always been that way. So that's why when people are shocked and mad that he was like saying certain things, I'm like, it's Anthony Daniels. Like, but at the first, can we take a step back for a second? People were getting mad online that he said that like he was hoping uh, he would have a bigger role in this movie. And then also, you know, Mark had felt that he was hoping he would have a bigger role. And people took this as like them being against new characters. I know this isn't what we're talking about, but I need to say it. Just because they said that doesn't mean they hate the new characters. It just means that they really want to be in the movie more because this is their whole legacy. That's all that that means. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people took it and ran with it. And it's like Mark Hamill being like, I love playing Luke Skywalker. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'd love to have a bigger role as Luke Skywalker. It doesn't mean he hates anyone else. So some people who have a, a big uh, name in this fandom took some real hard shots at these actors. And I was like shocked by that. I was like, wow. These poor people take. have been living this life, this yeah. character in their head and who they are. Like it is who they are for 42 years. Give them a break when they said, hey, and I wish I could have got more lines. Because if I was in a Star Wars movie and it was later on down the road... Yeah, of course you want to see the new characters and everybody have their equal part, but you still want a couple more lines. Like, that's not a weird concept. <laughs> and, and newsflash, you know, uh, Anthony Daniels was C-3PO, like, just as, like, the Vietnam War was ending. He doesn't care if you don't like what he had to say in one interview for one quote because you've had a blog for two years. Like, I just think people ran with it, it and I think that that's not what they meant whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, it's like someone gives you a gift and you're like, oh, this gift's okay. And they're like, you hate it. You hate the gift. Yeah. No, that's not what I said. What I said is like, it's okay, or, but I rather would have had this gift. Or it's, I love the gift. I love everything about the gift. I just didn't like the bow that you put on the wrapping <laughs> that you gave me. But you, you're going to focus on the bow part, I said. Not that I loved the toaster <laughs> oven you got me. Yeah. yeah. The toaster oven. Toast, the toaster I love toaster oven. ovens. They're great. Yeah. 
That's a that's what uh, another name for C three PO, just the golden toaster oven. Yeah. Right, exactly. I <laughs> the brave little toaster. I digress. Go ahead, John. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. So it. it um, yeah, I'll just I'll just say it. Um, a lot of these interviews, uh, he said mostly good stuff. So, and but one thing that I loved him saying was he thinks C three PO is not going anywhere. Uh, he thinks. He even emphatically said, you know, just because we're ending the Skywalkers doesn't mean C-3PO has to end. And I'd be sad if that was the case. So I don't think that's going to happen. So he thinks we're going to see plenty more C-3PO in the future. And he, he even said, like, they can go on without me. I'd rather the character go on than just be ended, is what he kind of said. Mm-hmm. Which I found interesting because he owns C-3PO. In his, you know, he is c 3 It's the title of his book. I am C-3PO. Yeah, right? I was going to say, are we going to mention that? <laughs> right. That we keep saying, yeah. he is the character. Yeah, right. That's literally what he named his book. Right. Well, he, he wanted to call it Telling the Odds, apparently, which the, erupted the yeah. crowd at Celebration. But yeah. um, the fact that he who uh, has a little bit of an ego because this is his identity, he's, always, he's just known as C-3PO. When it's not Star Wars time, he's Tony Daniels going to the grocery store and no one knows who he is. But when it comes to this time, he's a superstar again. And the fact that he was still able to say like, I don't mind passing this on is way more of a humbling and generous thing than him saying, I wish I had a you know, uh, I wish I had a bigger role. Like, I think that's a, a more wonderful thing for him to have said. Like, I, I, I hope C3PO goes on. Um, I think that's a really touching thing. So that's my biggest takeaway from this. And it gives me hope that they will continue the stories like we've been saying with Ray, Finn, Poe, and bring back the evergreen legacy characters like your R2, Chewie, and and 3PO and, and the Falcon and that sort of thing. So I love that. I love it. Love. Yeah. I, when I, I actually missed that portion of one of the interviews that he did where he said like, he wouldn't mind it being carried over to another person. Cause that was when Lacey was saying, you know, though, of course they're going to continue to use him. I was like, uh, they're going to continue to use him without him. He's one of the legacy characters. How do you have episode 10, 11 and 12 with Poe and Ray and all them. And, not C-3PO that you kind of got to explain why C-3PO is not there. Well, it's because Anthony's Daniels last movie was nine, you know, but yeah, you're saying he'd be willing to hand it off or see it moved on to somebody else. And I'm like, okay, well then that makes sense. <laughs> We're back to square one. They yeah. will be doing 10. They're not going to kill his character and all that other stuff. Um, can we mention, can we talk about one other thing though, that he said where he, he was on the set and he was like, yeah, I read about a huge malevolent creature and I was pretty confident it was going to be cg and then i got there and i was like no this thing is like legit like a living thing that towered and menaced right in front of me um lady proxy do you (laughs) like this goes back to the whole like practical versus cg and jj's not shying away from the practical here he literally invented the the creature is it the spider baby head i kind of thought I kind of thought about that. Yes. Is it the pig spider head baby head? I can't. That would be a malevolent creature. Imagine you walk on set and the thing that they described is what he saw. Like that would be something that Anthony Daniels would be like, what the malevolent? Is that Unless this is a misquote and Angelina Jolie is in the movie. There you go. (laughs) There it is. Call back. <laughs> uh, so you, ha- you have to watch every episode. Be a maleficent creature. You have to watch every episode of, the, of TRB to get the humor. So don't miss an episode ever. It's like Letterman. Yeah. I'm telling okay. you, it's the baby um, head. It's not. Last thing, guys. We're we're, we're <laughs> we got to wrap all this up, guys. We got yeah, a lot of right. news to talk about. Um, the last thing though is um about uh the todd fisher story uh where you know he was doing an interview and (laughs) yeah and he mentioned uh some things about the plans for carrie fisher what was supposed to happen um and uh you know where things were gonna go john i want to start with you specifically Mm -hmm. because you know he mentioned a lot of stuff about um uh, how they're reusing the footage and stuff like that. And yeah. we, we did some reports on that. So yeah, yeah you, you go ahead, go ahead, man. What do you yeah. think? I mean, so I'll, unfortunately, a lot of sites obviously take this and they're like, this is, you know, this was JJ's original idea. And it's like, well, wait a minute. JJ wasn't involved before 
Carrie passed. This was a Colin Trevorrow idea that she was going to be a Jedi and use a lightsaber. And uh, everyone had been saying, you know, uh, Harrison seven, Luke uh, with Mark Hamill in eight and Carrie nine. That was the whole plan. So everyone kind of gets that. Um, so I'm just a little, it's a little, not annoying, but it's a little frustrating that this comes up now. Cause then people are like, wait, so they, cause then they're going to see nine and see her for five minutes and be like, they had this whole plan. And then they, they wind up just doing this where she hugs and that's it. That's mm-hmm. a disgrace to Leia and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's going to happen, unfortunately. But yeah. I think this whole, uh, this whole aspect that they're saying they had eight minutes of footage that they used or whatever is really starting to prove that thing that we kind of came to a conclusion on uh, in a few episodes back here that she's going to be in the beginning of the movie for like a few minutes and then maybe at the end as like a force ghost or something like that or they'll show her like become one with the force like it's becoming clear that this whole like how they handled her is magical and it's like she's really there will be true but she's not going to be there a lot so um Anyone thinking we're going to be seeing Leia face off against Palpatine? I don't think that's happening. (laughs) Um, You know, they probably could try to make it work, but I think they just want to respect it and not make it a a circus. Uh, So they want to treat her in an elegant, respectful way and maybe just let her let us say goodbye to the character in a in a nice sort of way like that. So um, there's nothing we could do about it. You, you know, you could bring up what would have been, but it doesn't change anything. She passed away and it's unfortunate, but they're lucky enough to be able to end it with Carrie and not have, you know, recasted her or killed her off screen like we originally thought they were going to do. Um, so, I mean, it is, it is, it like, I hate the phrase, but it is what it is. And um, I just don't know that bringing up Colin Trevorrow ideas is, is helpful at this point because JJ and Chris Terrio wrote a completely different script. So I think all this would potentially do is just, again, create those things like if people didn't like J.J.'s movie, like, sure, let Trevorrow do it. He knew what we wanted. He wanted Luke to be the hero. Blah, blah, blah. And and so on. So whatever. <laughs> Lacey, did you like this idea? What what idea? Uh, her the fighting idea Palpatine? what he pitched. Yeah, I mean... Mm. I don't know, because I don't know how it would fit into the story that's that's been laid out so far. And I think that, you know, The Last Jedi, they set up that she gets hurt. And then we're reading in, you know, Resistance Reborn that she's not doing well. I think it I can't see Leia like taking on a lightsaber and fighting people in the last movie of the saga. If this was Force Awakens and she did that, I'd be like. Yep, I get it. But like, because they put it off to the last movie, I don't know, it feels like kind of like a, I don't want to say cop out because that's not the right phrase, but I feel like it's like, oh, we just put her off to the last minute when they had all these other opportunities to have her have a lightsaber. She could have done it in Return of the Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many different times they could have done it that I don't f- think they need to do it now. Um, but like John said, I think it's a weird thing to bring it up now. Mm-hmm. I think the last time we talked about Todd Fisher was when Clayton was on a while ago, over yes. a year ago. And he was talking about how this movie's all about fan service. And um, now he's back again saying, oh, they would have done these wonderful things with Leia. And then her daughter did a piece on her, which was very, very lovely. But she said she spoke to her mom on the phone. And her mom was like, this is my movie. It's finally going to be my time. Um, and it just, it, it's bittersweet and sad because nothing can come of these ideas and thoughts and phrases and sayings because she's not here. Um, So it's kind of just like putting salt in the wound kind of, but the thing that stuck out to me though, is that he said that they used eight minutes of footage of Carrie. Now, if you think about in the scope of a movie, eight minutes is not that long. Yeah. If they play the whole thing, but like if they're trying to make a scene out of eight minutes of footage, I don't know about that. We'll see what happens. Well, we what don't do you know think? that they started with eight minutes or they had like 20 minutes and they used eight of it. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Right. I just know that he said eight minutes. I was like, also, eight is yeah. not that much. <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, interject here because I'm not, you know, I don't want to interrupt if you're still rolling, but this came to my mind. I don't want to lose it. Um, we, via that uh, report we had a few months back, um, that they're also repurposing existing shots from TFA that weren't cut. 
And it's possible Todd Fisher doesn't know that. Sure, sure. So, I'm just going by what he's saying in this, this I know, article. so I think we do have to be careful what Todd Fisher is saying, too. Like, I know he's Carrie's brother, mm-hmm. but he just could be... And part of her, um, what do they call it, estate. You know? Right, he can right. know less about this than a casual Star Wars fan, if we're being honest. Like, he even said in this interview, I guess, like, she's supposed to be the last Jedi. I'm like, well, hold on a second now. Like, do, what about what, are Rey? we just forgetting about Rey now? So. Yeah. Like, why is everybody... Stop dismissing Ray. She's she's the, the hero. Deal with it. Um, so, I think we we need to... It sounds bad, me saying this. We need to take what Todd Fisher says with a pinch of cinnamon. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I found it weird he said eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you it's know, eight so minutes... specific. Eight minutes isn't as little as we think. Because, like, we when we talk about screen time, as we have in the past, like, Darth Vader was in A New Hope for 19 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying to work from. Oh, I agree. It's a completely. very specific amount of time. That's what and, stood out to me. I was like, oh, and if, he, if he's right, then, you know, I think it does put more credence to the thought that we're going to see Leia in, the, in a big chunk of the beginning of this movie and then not too much after. Right. James, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, everything you said about the taking his word, you know, with a pinch of cinnamon, but I, I also just heard the pitch for the movie and I'm like, I get kind of what you're saying. Like, Oh, Obi-Wan fought Vader and it was like this fight. But I've also often said that I think that's the worst fight in star Wars mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to lightsabers and stuff. Um, and I, I love the idea, which is what they did of Leia in her spare time, learning a little bit more about the force. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it would be like crazy if they did the force awakens, then the last Jedi. And then in the last one, try to convince me that she's a full fledged Jedi. Right. I'm like, no, well, like right. yeah. that is not Leia's character. She is the tactical general you know what i mean she's right. the, 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 the milit yeah. the heart of the uh rebellion you know that's that's not that's not her role luke skywalker is that role you know and so right. i thought to 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 kill off luke and then say i don't even worry about that he wasn't the last jedi there's another one and she like pulls off the mask and she's wearing the robe and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? That's not her character at all. So I actually have to say, I'm glad they didn't do that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also like Carrie Fisher, she was 60 when she passed, but she wasn't in, you know, great physical shape, obviously. And they would have had to have Ian McDermott episode three'd her with lightsaber scenes. And we know how that looked. It's you know, it would have been weird seeing Carrie Fisher with a CGI map face fighting with lightsabers and stuff. So I agree. It's I and it was a Colin Trevorrow idea. And, you know, if you like Colin Trevorrow, I apologize. But Jurassic World kind of glad they're not using him. Jurassic World. <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. Right. Fallen Kingdom. Lazy, I think Fallen that's director. it for the uh, resistance <laughs> report. Do you want to talk about uh, the scoundrels rundown? <gasps> I am still Z Captain. <laughs> still. Still we didn't take Z a Captain. boat away. I'm gonna go get a sandwich, um, guys. Okay. And punch no, on three? <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, punch, punch it! it. Punch it. All right, guys, scoundrels run down. We had something crazy happen this past week, which was we kind of relaunched our Patreon page. Um, it's all updated. It's new. It's like the white Millennium Falcon in Solo. You're like, what is this? It's amazing. <laughs> and that's thanks to James and all the work he did aesthetic wise and everything else. Um, but yeah, so we have new content. We have new tiers. We have a Discord chat and much more so you can check it out at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and thank you everyone for your support that has been a part of the page who has who have joined has have plural have joined um and so we've actually reached our latest goal which is the commentary for my favorite the force awakens i am so excited to do this commentary guys and we'll have that for you soon so get ready Mm -hmm. for all the giggling about kylo ren 
because it's the best <laughs> movie ever. I also will try very hard not to repeat lines because I've seen it so many times I know all the lines. Also, obviously, happy Mando Eve. It is the night before the Mandalorian. I can't believe we're actually here. I feel like at Celebration we were like, I can't wait to watch that in seven months. It's here. (laughs) We're watching it. It's going to happen. Also, we're doing the Mando fan show right after we're going to. Ooh, look at that. Wow. That's nice. Samurai prototype. Yeah. James is showing off some figures right now. Um, Yeah. So, premiere of The Mandalorian. Right after, we're going to do a review show, talk about it, called The Mando Fan Show. It's hosted by John. If you want to be a part of the show, make sure you use the hashtag MandoFando on Twitter. Put your thoughts, questions, reflections, whatever you feel like, and you might make it on the show and we can talk about it. Um... Also, the Mando Fan Show is going to have guests from time to time. We're really excited. We're already booking people. And our first guest we're excited to announce is Jonna Marie from the Wookiee Gunner site and the Geeky Bubble podcast. I hope that guy got that right. Uh, She talks about Rebels all the time and Clone Wars. She's a big Filoni fan. She's the best. She's going to be on the show on the 22nd of November, which is the third episode. She'll talk about it. Followed by Alex Damon and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained. They'll be on on the 29th. We're so excited to have them. They're going to give us their thoughts and feelings and everything else about The Mandalorian. So again, that is the Mando Fan Show. Yes. Hashtag Mando Fando. <laughs> and that Mando Fando. Fando. It's, it's so easy to say, guys. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> and John's super excited, right, John? I am very excited about it. I mean... We're going to try it out for the first time tomorrow night. So, yeah. Um, taking the wheels off the, the training wheels off the Mando fan show. <laughs> yeah. And it's just cool to, I think my, really quick before we get into a tangent, I think my excitement around it too is we talk a lot about the Skywalker saga. So, this is kind of the first thing that we're talking about that isn't really Skywalker saga related. It's brand new, fresh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Getting into it. Yes. So, is Chewie yep. ready? I hope so. Wait, All right. There he is. Ready? Yep. Chewy, get us out of here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It is time for your questions because it is Ask the Resistance, otherwise known as hashtag Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? You guys fire off questions your our way, and we do our best to give you answers. Um, you can send them on Twitter at rbatswnn. A lot of times we'll put out a call for questions uh, with a Star Wars GIF. I like the one where Felicity Jones is beating up Jimmy Fallon. Um, I think you guys like that one too because you usually get the most questions under that one. Or if you're a little shy, you can send them to our email at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you're a patron, you can probably fire them over there too as well. Uh, but we have them for this episode. And we're going to start with Martin Mead at Arsenal Man 2013. And Martin asked, if you can make your own Star Wars movie or TV show, who or what would it be about? And would you bring previously used characters back? Lacey, you're making a Star Wars movie or TV show. What's the deal? So I'm actually going to give two answers, and there's a reason why. The first answer is obviously Solo. Make Solo 2 happen. I want to see that series happen. There are more stories to tell. I actually, at this point, and we've been saying this for over a year and a half, I'd prefer a series. Give us more content. Give Mm -hmm. us more hours of adventures. It would be better as a series than a movie, I think. We get to see Chewie and Han go on tons of different adventures and like Mm -hmm. hijinks and get into trouble and all this other stuff. There's tons of stories to tell there. We know from John Kasdan that there is. So just let them tell it. Make Solo 2 happen. Many of you knew that was going to be my answer. So my second answer is Infest Nest. I think she is so cool. I think she is one of the characters that I've been introduced to in the past few years in Star Wars that I immediately was like, I need to know everything about her. Her costume is the coolest. She has such a cool story. Where does she go from here? And I think that Solo leaves her in a place that you want to know where she takes the rebellion. And I think that would be a great TV show. So Emphasis Nest. 
Nice. I love both of those answers. And yeah, yeah. Uh, TV show, without a doubt, um, 10 hours of solo two. Let's do that. Or like uh, six the seasons. That they do. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they do it as like the fourth TV show announced or something. So yeah. people are like Mandalorian was great. Uh, Obi-Wan was great. The Cassian show, man, really good. You yeah. know, maybe I will watch solo. The you other know, kind of thing. Right. And yeah. the other thing too is the Cassian uh, Mandalorian show and Kenobi show could all potentially play into a solo series. Like there are things that could happen in each one of those mm-hmm. that would then tie it back to a solo series or anything else. So True. I just feel True. like Mandalorian, if they mention Crimson Dawn, John Cassian. California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's a lot of opportunities there, and you know I think you know they love Jonas and Chewbacca's not going anywhere. And after episode nine, mm-hmm. where's where are you gonna do with Chewie? So that's just more reason for it. And like you said, Alden, right? All right, yeah. great answers. Mm-hmm. Next up, Mixter at Mixta one ten said, "Could the Mandalorian answer the question? How did Maz Kanata get a hold of Luke's lightsaber?" Especially with having an Ugnaught in it. Ugnolty style. James, what's the deal? Could they? <laughs> yes. Will they? No. Oh, um, brutal. I think that the, the point there in the end that you're trying to make a connection, like especially, is even more so likely because of the Ugnaught, the one Ugnaught, I don't know. It just, it's very loose. Like I do understand lightsaber fell cloud city. There probably were a lot of Ugnaughts on cloud city, but it just feels like such a loose connection um, to me personally. So I think that if they are ever going to tell this story, the Mandalorian is not the delivery point for it. So I'm going to go with no. All right. Fair enough. I mean, maybe not the answer they're looking for, but a good answer. Logical. Makes sense. Next up, Caleb Poosh at Pew Pew Poosh. <laughs> you, you okay? Pew Pew Poosh. Pew Pew Poosh. All right. Pew Pew Poosh. Caleb, you asked, do you guys think there's any chance we will see Leia wield a lightsaber in the Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> we just answered that one in uh, Resistance Report, so... And we got you to the head of the class there, Caleb. No, I I don't think so anymore. Uh, Is it possible that they could have done it prior to her passing? Sure. Um, I mean, JJ could always play with uh, flashbacks, but then you're dealing with some weird stuff. Um, I think James said it best. They don't have the footage. Yeah, yeah. When you say all of a sudden now you're going to introduce somebody who went against taking that path and just throwing a lightsaber in her hand. It's a little strange. So I'm going to say no there's always a chance, but I'm going to say, no, I don't think we're going to see Leia with a lightsaber in episode nine. But thanks for the question. Next up is just for me and James. <laughs> and the question, Did you know, this was coming, Lacey. And the question is <laughs> by Wolf King at Wolf King 2010. If Lacey Gillerin was lost on a Star Wars planet, which member of the Rebel Alliance would you recruit to assist in the search for her? James? Why am I the one that gets oh. lost? James is the one with the terrible uh, GPS. <laughs> oh, 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 celebration callback. Well, I had a good answer, but mm-hmm. now I'm going to say C-3PO. I'd send him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I couldn't find her, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that is a good answer, though, because he has the whole network of droids. He was able to find some. He was able to find uh, BB-8. He could save but, me uh, from being my real roasted. Answer, the one that I planned to say was uh, Santa Staros. Uh, I don't technically know if you want to consider her part of the uh, Rebel uh, Alliance there, but I do think that she is very sympathetic towards it, uh, and she helps the heroes very often. Uh, she's definitely on that side, and she is a very good uh, tracker. So um, there's many times where they need to get a hold of somebody or find somebody and uh, they go f- get her. Not only that, but she was able to find uh, Han Solo on that like random planet when he was trying to get away with Leia. 
and uh, she showed up because she had been following him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Sanistaros. All right, good. I would pick either Han Solo or Rogue Two. <laughs> John loves Rogue Two. <laughs> He found them. This is Rogue I two. repeat, I found them. That's yeah. his only job. He found people. So if he found yeah. Luke and Han Solo in the middle of a ice planet, he'll find Gillerin somewhere in some watering hole. Can I can I answer this question? Sure. So I definitely think this would be a scenario like Padme, where they would show up to save me, they would get chained to things, and then I would get out of it myself. Ooh. Very good. That's very Star Fact. Wars. Yeah. And you'd both be like, oh, man. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be looking for you. We'd send someone else to go look for you. Me you and John come would be in the me? hallway no. being shot at saying there's no other doors and Lacey would blast open the <laughs> yeah. trash compactor. Right, exactly. Someone's got to save our skins. Con- <laughs> without thinking about the consequences of going down into a trash compactor. Right. That is hey, it worked. That is me. All right, guys, one more question. It's for all of us quickly, mind you, and it is by Kylo Ren verse mask at verse underscore Ren. And they said, hi, guys, which Star Wars character do you least want to see in the Rise of Skywalker? (laughs) Oh, we'll take turn down negative town here. Verse Ren. For me, it would be Captain Phasma dead and actually pretty dull or Padme would literally make no sense. So that's their take. How about you guys? What character do you least want to see show up in the Rise of Skywalker? Lacey. This is a tough one for me because I feel like at this point I would say Tally, but she's already dead. Right. Um, And then I'd say Phasma, but she's already dead. Right. So who's left? Um. I mean, Connix doesn't do anything for me, so I guess like if she didn't show up, I'd be like, okay. Wow. Hmm. I'm not saying it's bad if she does, but like if yeah. she doesn't, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. I mean, you or know like, she's in it though. What about someone who we don't know is in it? How we about don't that? know who is in it. Um, Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> took my answer. Um, Who I know is in it that shows up. Can you come back to me? Can I think sure. about it for a hot second? Hey, absolutely. Yeah. I actually, for some reason, I forgot. I skipped over this one in the show notes, so I didn't have an answer prepared. I, I'm I'm 100% with the Captain Phasma thing. I think at this point, they've played that character out that she's dead, although there's still this like question. And for that character to come back in the movie, I feel like it would be like a oh, what are we doing now? Now we're on a side mission explaining yeah. what happened and what's going mm-hmm. on. I I love the character of Phasma, but I feel like if they did try to bring that character back as like one of the characters that's in all three of the movies, I feel like it would lose direction really fast. Um, and uh, that's why I got to say Phasma. I, I, I That would not be a good cameo to, for me. Okay. I would say DJ. Oh, okay. Oh, I like DJ. Mm. I want uh, DJ back. <laughs> BT Jack answer, Sparrow. Though. Don't want him back. Doesn't Lacey's need to be like, there. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Jar Jar Binks. Ooh. That's an interesting take. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I know people have warmed up to the character. And again, this is one of those situations where you're. People should be able to compartmentalize and separate an actor from a character. Love Ahmed best. Wish him the best. Um, he seems to be doing well now. Uh, but uh, I never liked Jar Jar Binks. And, uh, you know, 20 years didn't change that for me. Um, I, I saw the movie when I was 16 and it wasn't targeted at me. And that's okay. So my pick is Jar Jar the Binks. The court jester or whatever he's doing in aftermath all right guys i thought that, you would have said hayden uh like anakin i don't want him back but i know he probably will come back and i'll like it so mm-hmm. that's why i didn't pick that like if georgia comes back i'd be like oh jeez <laughs> see i would i would like that i think that was cool <laughs> and <they'll> pro- <laughs> oh god and they'll probably make him look better cgi so it'll be like a better jar jar and be like what is what 
All right. Did a Tauntaun just die? <laughs> all right guys that takes us towards the end of the show here so uh first off i want to thank you guys all who have uh, just joined the resistance broadcast if you're a new listener or watcher viewer whatever you want to call it how are you make sure you are subscribed to us on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify youtube all those formats i know we've been talking a lot about our patreon page but just remember um our show and our podcast two times a week will always be free out there for the public every Monday and Thursday and including a lot of our other programming on the YouTube channel. Uh, and also the Mando Fan Show uh, will debut on the YouTube channel first and then appear uh, via the podcast formats. And a lot of you people asked about that. So we will be getting that out to you on there as well. Um, make sure you guys are going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, also, like Lacey said before, Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast. I uh, don't need to get into that much more. We hammered that home in the episode, but I do want to thank our generals. A uh, very special thank you to... Deep breath. <sighs> Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, J.G. Cars, Seth Keim, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, big room. So awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for all your support. We appreciate that. You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James, how about you, bud? Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Excellent. And that is a Dude, Where's My Car reference. Lacey, what about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Excellent. Like they don't know already, right? What? <laughs> she got her handle. She got her handle. I when did. Get your hand- when did you get your handle? Was it a newer thing or was this a long time you've had the handle? 2009 or 2010. Oh, f- old school getting your handle. Good job. I got Good. my handle for everything. Gmail, everything. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for watching, listening. Enjoy The Mandalorian tomorrow, those of you who are able to watch it. Uh, Enjoy The Mando Fan Show from us on the Star Wars News Day YouTube channel and your podcast feeds. But guess what, guys? We're back on Thursday where we're going to hop into the Kessel Run and go through the 12 best casting decisions in Star Wars history. So try to get your list going together and join us when the base reopens on Thursday morning. And until then, we'll see you around, kids. Bye.